2: Yeah, friends. I have a idea for a movie that I want to pitch to you. I've been thinking about this for a little bit and I think it could be a really good uh, film. It could it could start out with a recent college graduate or actually recent uh, doctoral graduate, somebody who's working in engineering or science and is really looking for their first big job, their first big opportunity to get a job and prove themselves. The, the movie would be set in the Fallout universe, of course, because this is a Fallout show, and what else am I gonna think about but Fallout stuff, right? And um, it's in in the future a little bit, but it kind of looks like the past. It's got this interesting background. If you're not familiar with the Fallout games, you're gonna be like, this seems like this weird mix of future tech and past tech, future culture, past culture, like that kind of thing, you know. But it's before the bombs drop. And this individual gets the opportunity of a lifetime there's a research company that has reached out to him and said, Hey, we got your resume. Come on in for an interview. And the movie starts with the, uh, the interview. He, he walks into, or he or she walks into the facility, and there's just awards everywhere. There's some references to government-sanctioned uh, projects. There's some examples of some of, the, some of the cool military tech that they're working on. And lo and behold, he has kind of a rough interview, but there's something about him and they decide to hire him and they bring him inside the facility. He starts his first day at work. And the first thing that they bring him into is a prototype suit of power armor. And they say, check this out. This is the project you're going to be working on. And the movie goes on and he makes some advancements in that project. And you come to find that there are other individuals involved with different kinds of agendas and some sort of creepy government agents, you know, some sort of love interest. It just goes on from there. Um, And the movie ends with this really tense scene of him stumbling into some of the deeper areas of the research facility. And stumbling upon the FEV tests right at the same time that Maxon and his group show up. And then it gets dark. And all hell breaks loose. So you may have guessed it. This week we are talking about the West Tech facility, the West Tech company actually as a whole. Uh, There's a West Tech facility in Fallout 1. And there's even a West Tech facility in Fallout 76, which I had the uh, enjoyment of exploring and taking a look at with uh, Chimichanga Kinsey uh, last week in the evening uh, while we were playing games. And she's actually streaming too now, which is pretty cool. But let's go into some of the details about West Tech. They are one of the organizations that outside of Vault Tech is probably, well, outside of the Vault Tech and the United States government is probably most Importance for the events and the things that occur in the fallout universe west Tech is behind not only the power armor but the fev virus they were contracted by the government to work on both so let's just dig into some of the details i'm referencing the west Tech article on uh, fallout.gamepedia.com and i'm going to try and do a better job of calling out the source material for each of the sections as it goes Um, I want you guys to be able to look back into the source material and know that this information isn't just made up by some fans. It's actually roots back to things in the games or things written by uh, some of the writers. So West Tech was founded in 2002, and it consists of two divisions, the Advanced Weapons and Biomedical Science Research, which makes sense knowing that we're going to be looking at power armor and the FEV virus. Now, most of this information that at the beginning of this section is going to be coming from either from in-game, from resources that were, uh, you know, computer terminals, or specifically from the Fallout Bible, which was a series of questions and answers given by Chris Avalon back in 2002 after the second Fallout game was released. So. Whereas that isn't necessarily directly in a game, it is from one of the writers of the games, and a lot of people consider it to be, you know, just from the horse's mouth, let's say. So early on, West Tech was originally focused on the development of the X-277 Magnetic Railgun, but by about 2044, the project was shelved, and around the next decade, 2055, the new plague emerged, and that's when the company shifted focus of its bio- biomedical research to a cure for the for the plague now in 2065 westtech joined the power armor research initiative although the early prototypes proved to be unworkable in the field they paved the way for breakthroughs in other fields military and civilian The key achievement of the project was the creation of the first portable fusion cell in 2066. Now, if you listen to the episode from last week, Duke was talking about this. This is some of the uh, information that he was referencing in the development of the technology and how that could have affected the future of the world. Uh, The wiki goes on to explain that bolstered by this discovery, Westech immediately began work on the ambitious T-51 power armor project. Now, that's the suit of armor I'm imagining This uh, individual in the beginning scenario, the uh, movie script, walks in on, and he sees a a piece of this power armor hanging there, uh, being assembled by people. So right around this time is when the invasion of Alaska happens uh, by the Chinese forces, and the military and the companies that they are contracting end up having to speed up their schedule for getting the power armor ready. And... This is where West Tech shines. They are the first organization that the uh, government is working with to really get a suit of power armor out there and working in the field. And that's the T-45 Model D. This is the armor, again, that Duke referenced as being uh, basically unleashed into the Alaskan front and people being dropped into the front of that battle in this armor, bringing military-grade laser weapons and basically decimating taking back towns, tearing apart the enemy army with technology that they were not expecting. Now, by 2069, it was the largest defense contractor in the United States government. So just a few years later, West Tech achieved the status of being basically the go-to company for defense contracting. There was a large contract for T-51 Power Armor, but it took another seven years to complete. Now, in 2073 is when things start to shift. West Tech was contracted to develop a general immunization agent for the new plague and biochemical weapons used by China. They were the go-to contractor and the government wanted them to save people, immunize them, keep them from harm from the biochemical weapons developed by China. Their viral research efforts from 2055 onwards played a major role in the selection process. This generalized immunity viron was designated the Pan Immunity Viron Project and formed on September 15th. Early experiments with the viron resulted in effective immunity to genetic damage or disruption of protein synthesis. But there was a drawback. There were side effects. You see, the Pan Immunity Viron Project increased muscle mass, and the induction of replication. That means cells that continue to replicate, even for non-replicating or slow-replicating cells. That sounds basically like cancer. Uh, This attracted the attention of West Tech's military liaison, Major Barnett, who immediately ordered further experiments in that direction in March of 2075. Subsequent successful experimentation on flatworms and small mammals confirmed the viability... As an evolutionary mutagen, now designated the forced evolutionary virus. So the thing that they were designing to keep people safe is now discovered to bring about evolutionary changes that were not intended. So there was also another attempt to use the PVP line of experimentation to help people in a different way. The idea was called the Greenhouse Initiative, and... It would increase the production of food and help combat the shortages from the food riots because there were food riots rocking the country back in the 2070, 75, a little bit after that. So now we're talking just a few years before the bombs drop. So again, we have a good intention that, as we know, leads somewhere much darker. On January 6, 2076 is when the military secured West Tech. And we talk about that in the Brotherhood of Steel episode. And first they go there to protect the facility. And as we know, they discover some of the dark things going on with the research. The article goes on to say, New genetic sequences were spliced into FEV, gradually turning it into a shifting absorptive virus that had little in common with the original pan-immunity viron. So by this point, the virus is very different and continues to shift and maybe evolve on its own? I'm not sure about the details of that, but it could happen. It did, however, result in increased intelligence, dexterity, muscle mass, and resilience to pathogens and cancer. And by January of 2077, the same year before the bombs dropped, just months before the bombs drop in October, if you recall, the FEV project was nearing completion. This is when all of the Californian FEV research was moved to the Mariposa military research base, and they began ignoring recommendations against human testing from the personnel. Now, in Appalachia, uh, Fallout 76, human testing was already ongoing. Advanced mutation experiments continued around the clock for the duration of 2077, while the Merthposa team perfected an operational strain. So they had two different strains going on in different locations. And I highly recommend if you want to dig into this, jump into Fallout 76 and um, there's if I would just use a uh, internet resource source to find the location on the map. but there is a West Tech facility, and you can find VATs with super mutants. You also find logs in the computers that are detailing uh, descriptions of some of the creatures that they're making, which I'll discuss in just a minute. It's very interesting. Uh, But do note, (laughs) in that game, when I jumped in there, I cleared out all the super mutants, or we cleared out all the super mutants. And then I spent so much time trying to read stuff that they respawned. (laughs) So you may want to come well-equipped. So the article goes on to say that Appalachian researchers focused on experimental strains that would test the limits of the virus. Apart from numerous nightmare-inducing results, the experiments created stable mutations that would become known as—and get this—you're gonna you're gonna find these all throughout Fallout 76: the Snollygaster and the Grafton Monster. In fact, the. Uh, note that is left about the Grafton monster is pretty funny because it's like it explains that this creature evolved from the virus without a head (laughs) and that was confusing to the researchers but it seemed to be working anyway which is um, kind of hilarious now the facility in Appalachia was abandoned and technically the FEV was neutralized but only after Thomas Eckert released the super mutants and some of these other abominations out into the world as part of his sinister plan. And we're going to get into more of that stuff later. That's, that's a little bit on the edge of the story stuff that you're going to learn in fallout 76. So we're kind of going to leave that there. Um, in California, we know how that ends. The uh, Maxon and his team decide to cleanse the facility because of the terrible things that are going on there. And that's how I would imagine that the movie ends. You have this researcher, this person that we've come to really like. We're kind of rooting for them. They end up in there. They find that these terrible things are happening. The uh, security team discovers that these terrible things are happening. They make the assumption that that person is also behind it. And then you have the tension that goes on with that and the killing of everybody in that facility. And maybe, maybe it ends on a, on a dark note and the protagonist dies. Even though they didn't, they weren't working on the FEV strain, or maybe they somehow survive. I think there's there's something you could do there. That could be like a precursor to a Fallout, an actual Fallout movie. We call it like Fallout Zero or something, and then like the next one picks up with some of the events of Fallout One. Um, Hollywood, if you're listening, give me a call, write me an email. I'd be happy to write up a script, or you know, just you know, I, you know what I should do is I should say talk to my agent. We'll get some things scheduled away. So Westech was behind a lot of the technology that we see in the games and also the FEV virus. Um, Let's go over some of the technology that can directly be attributed to them. And I think that it's interesting because there are some holes here. So at first they were working on the X-277 Magnetic Rail Cannon, which was canceled. It was a Gauss rifle, which you find Gauss rifles in the game. Uh, They're rare, but you can come across them. I'm not sure if the Goss rifle we find in the game is exactly connected to West Tech or if it was like a prototype version or if it was designed by some other group, but I'm assuming it must be connected. Then you have power armor frames, T45 power armor, T51 power armor. Then you have laser weapon technology. Um, but what you don't have what's interesting here is the plasma weapons there's no note that westech was working on plasma weapons and in my mind from playing the games you generally think of energy weapons as kind of one group if you go into like an energy weapon build you start out with laser weapons eventually you graduate to plasma weapons or you have a little bit of a mix of both um, but they did not work on plasma weapons so we're gonna have to dig into that in a future episode So let's leave this portion of the show with the question, if you were to write a script for a movie focused on West Tech and the very beginnings of all the terribleness that happens before the end of the world, what would you do? Would you do it from the perspective like I had of an engineer or scientist, or would you do it from the perspective of Max and his team discovering what's going on, or maybe the government working behind the scenes? I think that you've got the origins of a really great story i think that there's something there that you could really build out in you know a two-hour movie that could be really awesome so if you have any movie ideas pitch them to me i'd like to hear them on twitter at falloutlorecast or send them to me in an email falloutlorecast at gmail.com
1: if you have any questions about Nuka world i'd be delighted to answer them Cultural database accessed. Quoting New England poet Robert Frost, freedom lies in being bold. Why don't we ask the newcomer, you support the news?
2: So you may have heard the bumper that's now on the front of these episodes that uh, talks about the Patreon that I started for Fallout Lorecast. Um, and I just wanted to throw this out there because it was kind of a stealth launch. to put it out there, put a little bit on social media, but haven't really been talking about it. And it's something I've been debating doing for a little while. Um, but I've landed on the idea of, you know... Let's do a patreon. let's come up with some different uh, goals and some tiers and some things I can give you guys if you're if you're really interested in helping fund this as a project. Um, I would love to you know have you along on the patreon really just to help cover some of the hosting costs and things. Um, that's that's basically my goal right now is hey let's you know let's work on this together. I'll keep creating content and if you guys want it and if you want to help fund the content that's great. And one of the things I wanna definitely get across is that um, donating to the Patreon campaign is never gonna be mandatory. This will always be a free show. Uh, it's highly highly appreciated, but it's not something that is required by any means And if you don't have the funds to do it or are just not interested right now, that's totally okay um, I, I don't expect anybody to throw money at something like this Especially when you can get it for free But if you're the kind of generous person who wants to contribute and wants to help me cover some of the costs and make sure that I can Keep doing this then by all means Take a look at it. Take it some take a look at some of the tiers uh, it's at Patreon.com slash Fallout Lorecast. And you will see the different tiers are based around robots. <laughs> robots, because that's me. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm Tom or robots. I don't think I even introduced myself on this episode yet. Man, this is this episode's like super casual today. Like I'm having a conversation with you guys about like making a movie and stuff. So I guess we're going, you know, different route. A little more casual episode. Hey, why not? So the tiers are based around the different robots. We've got tier one starts at like a dollar So if you just want to throw in a dollar so I, you know, can buy a Coke, that'd be awesome. I really like Diet Mountain Dew. Some of you are going to be like, oh my God, that's gross. Why do you like Diet Mountain Dew? That's kind of my coffee. Um, Yeah, that's, I guess that's the kind of person I am. I'm just come to become okay with it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but the iBot, even just at the first level, you get access to the patron section of the Robots Radio uh, Discord channel. And then up from there is uh, Mr. Handy level, where you get called out by name on the show, on the podcast. Uh, up from there is a Robo Brain where um and this one's interesting because i i always enjoy hearing from the community and topic ideas and things like that that you guys have but the robo brains will get uh, extra priority to their topics and the things that they want to have discussed on the show um i can't guarantee that I will definitely cover the topic. Maybe the topic is just way left field or, or super deep and not something that would make sense to cover in a more general episode because we're starting kind of more general and getting deeper as the, as the show goes on. But if there's something you really want to get addressed on the show and you subscribe at that level, then um, you can make requests each month for potential topics or things to at least cover in a, in and around the topics that I'm already discussing. Uh, above that is the Assaulttron level. Um, the Assaulttron level gives access to a monthly voice chat that i would i'm going to be setting up basically once a month i'm going to get on discord with you guys and we'll set up at least half an hour or so to and maybe we'll stream it live but if you are subscribing at the Assaulttron level you can jump in the chat you can we can talk about whatever we can brainstorm ideas about the lore or we could just you know talk about things about the games that we enjoy um So I'm very much looking forward to that. I think it's super cool to interact with the community and get to know you guys better. Um, And then if you're even crazier than that and you support at the next level up, that's the Sentry bot. And you will get a special thank you at the end of every episode for as long as you're a subscriber. Um, Your name will show up all over the place and you're going to get tons of thanks for being a key contributor and supporter of the show i do i do not expect anybody will be crazy enough to support me at this level or there's even one more above that i think if you support me at this level that that that's absolutely absolutely nuts or you're just wealthy beyond you know any of our any of the rest of our dreams or whatever but I would be extremely flattered if that's something you want to do. Um, completely, completely not expected. You would blow my socks off if somebody actually contributed at this level. Um, and then for, for the absolutely insane or extremely wealthy or, you know, like uh, Jeff Bezos, if you're listening and you've just got some bucks burning a hole in your pocket, um, you can subscribe and become. There's one slot for a Liberty Prime. Uh, democracy is non-negotiable. There's only one spot. You will always get the extra special thanks at the end of the show and, um, access to everything else. Every level comes with all the things above it or below it, I guess. So if you're interested in that, take a look, uh, let me know what you think. If there's other ideas you have for patrons, um, I'm all ears. You know, even setting up maybe a special episode every so often that only goes out to patrons. I don't like dividing the content too much, but if it's something that's very specific, then that could make that could make sense. Um, I'm totally open for ideas. So, and none of this stuff is hard and fast. Some of it might change over time, and it all depends on how you guys respond. If you would rather not do this, and you know, maybe I'd do something else, then hey, I'm open to it. We'll figure it out. So. Uh, In other news about Fallout and some of the things I've been doing in the game, um, the big patch came out that completely got rid of the duped items. And it seems like the first patch that's actually rolled out very well without many major hiccups. So that's good. Uh, I really like the idea of creating a, you know, less hackable game that has more of a fair uh, starting floor and you know, ability for people to get kind of the same items through their own effort rather than, you know, duplicating them. So that's really good. Uh, in my own play sessions, I mentioned a little bit in the main section of the show, um, Chimichanga Kinsey and I explored West Tech and it was really cool. The, uh, super mutants and stuff in there. And then the information about, um, the way they describe like the Snollygaster as being like, they go into multiple parts of the evolution of the creature and um actually multiple parts of different evolutions of of different different stages of different projects and some of the abominations that are made and the things that don't work and then finally they get to some that do work and all the eyes that run down the back of the snyligaster and the extra set of arms and like that kind of stuff's all described in it it's super good I, i highly recommend going and digging through those computers Um, but other than that, that's, that's about all I've been doing with fallout. I've I've actually debated coming up with a, and let me know what you guys think about this, a sort of like weekly, like themed, I don't know, adventure or quest, or maybe even something that I could reward on a weekly basis. Like we could get together on say like Wednesday nights at 9 PM and um while i'm streaming i could meet you guys in game and have some sort of competition you know the first person to bring me find one of these items or uh you know a contest you know a costume contest and i get to pick the winner or something like that so if you have any any cool ideas along those lines shoot them to me because i think that could be a lot of fun um and you know maybe i'll pick out some prizes and hand some stuff out as usual i've been having a lot of fun um even just playing in the game with people, but also on the stream, uh, some of you guys have been popping in the channel more often, which is always exciting for me. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Fallout Lorecast. So if you have any ideas or any thoughts around some of the stuff that I've mentioned uh, so far, shoot me a message, of course, at Fallout Lorecast or Fallout Lorecast at gmail.com. I always love hearing from you guys. And on to the next section.
0: Hello there, old chat. Good to see
2: another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve.
0: Let's get the other bit of politeness taken care of, shall we? What the bloody, bloody, bloody hell are you doing here? You people are crazy.
2: So I'm mixing this up a little bit. I'm I'm moving the uh, letters and the ratings and reviews all into the same section at the end of the show. Uh, cause I think it's kind of a fun place to put everything that's focused on you guys. And what's interesting is some of the, uh, letters, some of the ratings and reviews are becoming more and more similar to letters. Um, and that'll make more sense in the future, but, or actually on the other show on the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. cast. Uh, but uh, tune into the new episode of that. You'll, you'll hear about that as well. Um, I wanted to highlight a message that was sent to me from Jason And I'm just going to read your your email, Jason, because I think there's some really cool stuff in here. Uh, Jason says, hey, I'm Jason. I've listened to your first two episodes tonight and want to chime in on a few things. One, my take on war never changes. If you remember episode one, if you haven't gone back and listened to episode one, I recommend going through these in order. Uh, So he says, my take on war never changes is that the conquest of humankind is eternal and thus never changes. So like conquest expansion. As long as we have desires, we will seek a conquest of said desires Two, who dropped the nukes. He says, I think it's very plausible that the aliens knew of the enclaves goal to populate other planets and launch the nukes to keep humans from destroying other planets. That's brilliant. I really like that idea. This idea that like, oh, those humans are so terrible. They can't even keep their own planet from destruction or from pollution or whatever. They use up all the resources. Let's just make them kill themselves. <laughs> that's, that's great. And then he has a third point here. He says, traveling outside of the States, this is a long one and where deal- details get crazy. So just hang on there for a bit. The first and easy one is that a companion in Fallout 4 said that she came from Ireland. And when he brought this up in the email, it, it brought back a bunch of memories. You're right, yes. I remember I remember a lot of this now that you bring this up. There's so much stuff to try to hold on to. This, that's why I really appreciate you guys writing in. Uh, that opens up a can of worms by itself. But the big one is a nearly forgettable and missed quote by Conchino in, I, I guess I'm pronouncing that right, in Fallout New Vegas. First, remember that the kings don't even know the name of Elvis, so records from two to three hundred years ago are scarce. Now, what does that mean? What does that say? Uh, He writes, when describing one of the guys to the Omertes, who is developing gas to poison the strip, he compares him to the Pope, which in a Godfather film would make sense, but If Elvis isn't remembered in Las Vegas, very little, if any, information about a Pope would be available, especially to compare a guy to him. That means that there must be a current and sitting Pope, and he is known throughout parts of the world. This can be further backed up in Fallout 3 in Rivet City. A Catholic priest is training a seminarian to become a chaste priest. All priests must be ordained by a bishop, and bishops can only become one via a Pope this all lends credibility that somehow the catholic church in the middle of rome survived 200 years ago and has been spread across the seas. it's a very interesting post. i think um i think there might be a few things you could argue about the logic like the the pope didn't necessarily have to be in rome maybe the americans even without having access to international communications decided to continue the, uh, Catholic tradition and just, uh, set up their own Pope somewhere locally. Um, that could be a thing. Uh, I think there's some other ideas that could go along with this. I don't know. So what, what do you guys think? I, w- I would love to hear your thoughts on Jason's thoughts and continue the conversation around some of these interesting ideas about, you know, the aliens setting us up to destroy ourselves. So we don't end up terrorizing, destroying other worlds or, um, international travel in, in the fallout universe. I think that stuff's really cool. So onto the, uh, ratings and reviews, we've got some new ratings. Actually our ratings for the show are up to 27, uh, 27 ratings. We've got 26, five stars and one four star, which is super interesting to me that somebody was, was like, eh, it's mostly good um, yeah, I kind of expected maybe some one stars. Don't please don't go put in one stars, but I kind of expected some, you know, there's always some sort of grumpy person on the Internet. He's like, ah, this sucks. But um, thank you so much for everyone who's rating and specifically and especially for the people who are leaving reviews. Um, I'm going to go through some of the new recent reviews uh, and I'm going to go backwards because I want to end on uh, one that's actually really, really interesting uh so first one on here the newest one is chaotic goodish who uh is a twitter friend uh, those of you who are in the twitter community of the fallout stuff will uh, see chaotic goodish's posts um and she says love tom's voice and the way he presents the lore excellent cast that i highly recommend for fans of the fallout universe thank you so much chaotic uh chaotic also was hanging out in the stream last night actually and I was playing Elder Scrolls Online and she decided that she was starting another character and we're both building tanks in Elder Scrolls, which is really coincidental and interesting. So very cool. I look forward to grouping up with you in game. And thank you so much for that review. Um, that must have come through before you even joined the stream last night because there's a delay on how long these things take to show up in iTunes. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, at you know, no mentioning of my own. That was that's awesome. Um, and then we have. Uh, mr. Watson says, keep it going. Love listening to this while exploring the wasteland. Really hope it keeps on coming. Uh, me too. I'm planning to keep going. And so, yeah, you know, hopefully I don't get hit by a bus. Uh, okay. And then the third one I wanted to highlight is from vault tech girl. Super cool name. Uh, greetings. Fellow wastelander is the title. And some of you guys are going to find this interesting because this is going to bring back some memories of fallout Four, the most wonderful fallout pad podcast. Oh, I'm going to blush. I have ever had the pleasure of listening to please take this as a compliment. Your voice reminds me of Travis miles. When I got to that point, I was like, uh Oh, after completing the confidence man quest in fallout four. So that's once he becomes like a good broadcaster and is like confident and knows what he's talking about. Whew. That was a close one. Thank you so much. That is a very nice compliment. I really appreciate both both those things you said right there. But then she goes on to say, incredibly smooth to listen to, smooth voice. Maybe I should talk like this the whole time. Probably not. Uh, and always enjoyable. Even though I'm already familiar with Fallout lore, I greatly appreciate all the research, time, and effort you've put into this and the way you present it to your listeners. Keep up with the good work. Vault Tech Girl, that was an amazing review. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to click on it again right now to say, yes, this is helpful. (laughs) So next I go in there and I'm like, this one's, I really like this one. I mean, I really like all of them, but you know, I I think that's the kind of review that, uh, would hit people who have some experience with the games and make them go, Ooh, this seems interesting. I guess they're, they all are. I'm just going to click here. Here's what I'll do. I'm just going to click. Yes, this is helpful to all of them. All right. It's going to take a while. All right, I'll continue that after I'm done recording. Thank you so much everybody for tuning in as usual. Um I've officially launched the elder scrolls lore cast i think i mentioned that last time on the show it has its own feed now it is up on itunes and in spotify i will be putting up a second episode this week so we're going to continue more with that i have some ideas brewing for other things we can do with it so i hope if you are interested in elder scrolls and elder scrolls lore and maybe even some of the other things going on in that universe which probably a lot of us since we all play these bethesda games i would guess Highly recommend checking that out. Um, you can look it up at if you I'm sure if you search in iTunes for Elder Scrolls Lorecast, it'll come up. Or if you go to at ESO Lorecast on Twitter, you'll find it. Um, and other news, I'm putting together a website. I've got some friends at work who are helping me build out a website, and I'm excited about that. Pretty soon it will have uh a new and improved. I used to have a robotsradio.net. Uh, page up, but I took that down for a little bit. I'm going to put up a new page with these two shows and information about what we're doing over there on robots radio. And um, I think that's it. So thank you all so much for all the feedback you give me. um, And I will talk to you again on the next episode. See you later. Thanks for listening to the fallout Lorecast.